Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oh, well, you know, we can this pull, is that, not back. We can pull that back a little bit so you can lean forward. You don't get this water, which is carbonated and probably going to make me belch. You know, <laughs> it's okay. probably a good idea to take it we away have, from we have me a now. We edit, don't a belch worry. button. We just oh, great. edits out the belch. Yeah, we do edit stuff. Uh, so, although that's pretty good. Although we, we're recording now and I like to keep this, this stuff This is a bad in. idea <laughs> to bring carbonated water. That is Although there was fair. something. Oh my God, there was one episode. I, can't remember, I don't even remember. Uh, recently I was editing something and like the first five minutes you, me, and a guest just going on endlessly about how awful some recent release is. I can't even remember. And I was like, oh, I got to cut that. I got to cut You can't say that. I, we can't say Well, you, no, well it's, it's not, it's not, uh, it's not, not a good thing, really, yes. especially if you, you know, yeah. it's a contemporary person. And, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, you can yeah. rag on an old And they old might come on the show. But, so. <laughs> you can say Exorcist 2 is shit. You can say That's Exorcist 2, but, but Joe says. will kick Everybody out. but me. I like it. I'm not, I've never seen I it I honestly don't remember. I'm sorry. Four years ago, the Exorcist shocked the world. Now, the struggle between good and evil goes on. Exorcist II, The Heretic. I just ordered the Shout Factory. I think a Shout yeah. Factory Blu-ray. I'm, I'm finally going to watch Exorcist two right. all no, the way me, through because, tell me what, because tell, Billy tell, Freak gets in. It's the worst movie ever. <laughs> now, is it coming? Is it? Uh, it's out. The, the Shout Factory. Are they putting Exorcist and Exorcist two? No, no, it's its own. It's no, its own thing. As 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 Friedkin would want. Yeah, <laughs> it's to divide. Yeah, the because and, they're and doing and that. With, they're Borman doing that doesn't. Borman doesn't call it the Exorcist. He calls it the Heretic. That's right. Yes, uh, he doesn't like to be called Exorcist too. Because and I got a friend of mine on Facebook reached out. He's actually doing a documentary on Exorcist. Well, it's actually pretty fascinating because Raspo Pallenberg, who was his, uh, you know, his, his consultant on yeah. a lot of stuff, wrote a paperback which was supposed to promote the movie. And it's a it's a real warts and all kind of this oh, what happened. making of oh, making wow. of. And uh, of course, the movie was a tremendous flop, yeah. and and so that nobody bought this book. But it's really, I have a copy of it, and it's really, really interesting. Because there's a lot of people in it I know, because it was Warner Brothers around the time that I was working there. And uh, um, it's a a, a fascinating book, and I think it's a pretty fascinating movie. Although, I wish it was a good movie, but it's not. (laughs) (laughs) Can't all be good. Where's the... Well, what is a good movie, anyway? I think a good movie is a movie that succeeds on its own terms. And unfortunately, this picture is is reaching for the stars, Mm -hmm. and it... it, um, it doesn't uh, doesn't get halfway there, but uh, there are plenty of wildly entertaining movies that failed completely on their own terms too. That uh, I'm looking at the book; it doesn't seem to be in print. Um, it was Bantam. You what? Paper, paperback, Bantam paperback. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. Yeah, a good movie is one I enjoy. That's good. right. <laughs> but there's always something good about a movie, you know. No, you'd be watching I, the most- I, <laughs> used to, I used to believe that. I used to think there's always something. There's a good shot. There's a good, yes. good performance. There's a good cut. There's, there's a, you know, something. And and one day I went to see Swamp Thing with uh, John Landis, and we saw so the Hollywood Pacific, which is a big theater or was. And um, 
this movie was so terrible. This from the the one directed by uh, Wes Craven. Yeah. Wes Craven. Yeah, it was shot. I down. like that movie. It was shot down and God <laughs> knows where. See, there was something. See, there and, you go. And, yeah. and when and not you could understand any of the dialogue because the accents were so thick. Uh-huh. And it, it, there was a, this little, little kid, little African American, was was one of the leads, and he absolutely could not understand anything he said. And <laughs> and 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 Swamp Thing comes out in this burlap costume, right? That hangs down to his knees. And his, no, his crotch hangs down to his knees. And after about a half an hour, I just turned to Landis and I said, you know, life is too short. <laughs> and ever since, and we left. And ever since then, I have had no compunction on walking out on a movie. But before but that, you know I would sit through that? everything. You know what's good about that is Wes Craven moved on and continued to direct. Of course he did. He survived right? it. And I, he I survived may have even, it. And, and it, probably made a, it probably made a couple of bucks because there was a TV series. Well, it did. And it was, it was some, of us, some of us thought it was, it was surprising, you know, pleasantly surprising. You just liked it because Adrienne Barbeau was in it. Well, that may be. That and, may be. And, the, and, the, and one of the early video releases was the uncut version with all the breasts in it. Uh, oh, I don't no. know that. And okay. they, but they, they had cut those to get a PG. Right. And of course, they got them mixed up, got the, the versions mixed up, and for a long time, it was like this really hot video <laughs> that you could get if you were a kid and that had breasts in it. Wow. Now, there's a great, um, Nick Hornby did a book years ago that was a selection of essays, and it came with a CD, essays he had written about favorite songs. And I don't remember, oh no, it's a, it's a Paul Westerberg song that has a hilarious 25-second piano solo on a toy piano and he talks about solos and he segues into this conversation about the very first rock concert he went to with a friend uh led zeppelin and they're huge zeppelin fans and they get there and the show goes on for about half an hour and then the drum solo starts and it goes and it goes and it goes and it goes and he looks at his friend and his friend looked at him and they left and went and got dinner and and the whole essay becomes this ode to the joys of having dinner at nine o'clock when you thought you weren't going to get out till 11. And then when they came back at the drums, of the yeah, drums going on. I don't think they got back in, but, but it was an amazing essay because it made me feel better. I'd only walked out of about one or two movies in my life. And it just made me realize that like you, you don't owe these things that no, you don't. And you know, and you already and, got your money. And as you, as you, as you go on in life, time gets a little shorter. Yes. And the idea that now that all movies now have to run two and a half hours, Right. Is one that I completely right. reject. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm all for Lawrence of Arabia or Once Upon a Time in the West or, you know, great epic movies that are really long. But, you know, superhero movies that are two and a half hours long, just because there are so many characters in it that you can't see them all unless you just keep adding reels. Right. No, that's not for me. I'm, I'm yes. Um, well, should we... Uh... <laughs> Haven't we started already? Right? I think we're done. <laughs> Very Kenneth, thanks good. for coming Thank in. We haven't even so introduced much. you. It was a blast. You were great. Um, why don't we play some music? This is The Movies That Made Me with your hosts, Josh Olson and Joe Dante. Our guest this week, in case you haven't quite figured it out, is uh, the wonderful, talented, and lovely Kat Shea, um, who, uh, I mean, I first became aware of you as, were you were you the first um, woman director out of the Corman School? I feel like. No, no. Oh, no, were, God, no, of course not. Because no. there was like. Um, uh, yeah, no, he was already um, famous for. Hiring women because he could yes, pay them less. That's right. That's <laughs> that right. The, I'm, that was I'm, always the That was a brain fart. 
But uh, I remember seeing Strip to Kill in Redondo Beach with a bunch of friends. Mm-hmm. That's and, not know, the title, folks. It's not Strip to Kill in Redondo Beach. It's just <laughs> Strip, Strip to Kill. kill. <laughs> uh, you should make a sequel called that. Uh, with a bunch of friends. And, you know, we went to that movie for, you know, he was like, let's get drunk and go see this stupid movie. And holy shit. I mean, it was a real movie. It was, it was shocking. And um, that was I think, the first time I kind of became conscious of the fact that you were out there mm-hmm. making, taking advantage of the system to make kind of smart films uh, within these genres. Um, you went on to do the very great Poison Ivy. Uh, and um, uh, uh, just, you're, you're just a wonderful filmmaker. And, and I was so thrilled to find out uh, last year through a friend who's a producer on the film, I guess, Chip Diggins. Oh, uh, Chip. Yes. You know, I love Chip. I that, Chip. Everyone, I everyone, everyone Chip. Everybody loves yes. Chip. I just talked to him this morning. Did oh. you? Yeah. Oh, okay. Hi, yeah. We did the second I, Civil War together. I, he's a, every time I mention you, he goes, oh, Joe won't remember me. But oh, yeah. we did second Civil War. I said, no. Yeah, I, I know that. I know. Yes. He's, 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 he's <laughs> oh, humble. Oh, he said he to is. say hello to both of you. So. <laughs> oh, okay. He did, really did this morning. I told him where I was going. I said, I'm scared to drive home, and there's supposed to be a really big storm. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll get to that in a minute, too, because that, that was impressive. But um, you you got the new, uh, the Nancy Drew film you yeah. directed. Nancy out. Drew, The Hidden Staircase for Warner Brothers. Fantastic. Wow, which, which was a Warner Brothers picture back yes. in the 30s. Yeah. Nancy Drew and The Hidden Staircase. I love it. It was a I mean, series. But, honestly, this is oh. my favorite movie I've ever directed. Oh, fantastic. When, when do we I get to see it? I just love it. Well, it's supposed to be out in March. Right. Uh, okay. You know, fingers crossed. I yes. don't know. But they these don't days, tell me anything. Yes. What, is out, what does out even know. mean? Well, it's going to be in theaters, uh, AMC oh, theaters. Good. It's kind of a theatrical release, which is making everybody very happy. That's fantastic. I saw the one sheet today. Do you like it? I do like it. You it's know, when I first saw it, I, I kind of was speechless, you know? It's like, I don't know what to make of this. But the more I looked at it, the better I like it. And I really think it kind of catches your eye and stuff. It just wasn't what I was expecting. That's a good thing because many times they they yeah. like to show you the poster and ask for your opinion, and then they completely ignore you. <laughs> right. Go take a hike. It's our poster. <laughs> my, my test is if you if I was walking past it right. at the theater, would I stop and look? And the answer was yes. So right. I went. You know what? I don't care what they do That's now. Good. Just make her hair a little messier for me, and I'll be happy. You know. <laughs> Which so. makes by that uh, that makes the Hills Have Eyes poster the greatest movie poster of all time because <laughs> that thing freaked me out. What Michael so, Berryman? Staring just Michael at Berryman you. staring at you with this stuff around his neck and those man that <laughs> that should just be the poster for every movie because <laughs> yeah. that will grab you. It's hard to muster. There's Michael there. Berryman. Well, we should have thought of that. Nancy Drew. You know, I'm going to email them later. You and should say, just do that. Who, yes. plays, who, Hills have eyes. who plays the Nancy? Uh, Sophia Lillis. Uh-huh. You know who she is yeah. from It, the girl oh. in It. Yeah, she's super cute. Um, yeah, it was just so much fun because, you know, as Joe knows, I've been teaching for like the last gonna, 17 yes, years or something. And, um, I really came up with this way of making, freeing actors up. So they're really, so they have this great energy and everything. And so it's so natural. And I finally decided to use these techniques that I've been using teaching on a movie. I'd never done it before, but I had seen so many good results from it that I just went, you know what? I don't care. I'm doing it. And so I, I did these exercises with the actors and they're like, they're really crazy. It's really out there. You know, I've got like these 15 year old girls pretending they're drunk and all this crazy stuff. Okay. Really fun. And um, so we did that. And even Linda Lavin, you know, she's, she plays a part in the movie. She's got a big part in the movie. Wonderful. And I thought, you know, I, I'm not going to, force her to do this but she'll see what they're doing and i thought you know 
you can do it or not do it, wh- whatever you want. And she goes, no, no, I want to try that. Mm-hmm. Everybody on this movie is doing these exercises. And so the movie has an internal energy to it that is really phenomenal. I think it's better than anything else I ever did. Fantastic. So I don't know. And so if I'm understanding Call you, they're all, class. they're all they're all playing the characters drunk. Is that what you're no, saying? No, no, I'm no. Because I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely in now. That would be, uh, that would be funny, though, wouldn't it? Drunk you know Nancy what? I Drew. Think sometimes they are. Sometimes they actually are. But uh, Well, we do that on the show regularly, but we don't uh, we don't act. We're just, yeah. We're just, we just, Joe, Joe and I just you're drink just a lot. Drunk, that, you know, it's just like, yeah. whatever. It exactly. makes you, you know, because then you're like touching the other person. Sure. You know, and you become familiar so fast because you're doing all this crazy stuff that makes you feel like a fool right so but that's that's wonderful you know yeah that's part of acting that's acting yeah Yeah. exactly so um we don't we don't we don't really drink before the show we drink during i also want to say we're we're doing this episode uh but i'm gonna have to give away the gag i wanted to pretend we recorded it yesterday when it drops but um you have a triple feature uh coming up at the new beverly which will be the day we we drop this particular episode. Um, you're going to be showing Poison Ivy Streets and Strip to Kill, a catchy triple feature. Yeah, wow. uh, the very evening that uh, people will be hearing this episode. So, if you didn't know about that, if there are five listeners out there who don't get the new Beverly schedule, uh, go. Are you going to be there? And yeah, fantastic. I'm going to be there after. Wonderful. I'm going to talk a little bit after Poison Ivy. I think that's playing right. first. Uh, yes, it is first, and then strips streets. If they, if they would play it in the other order, you would see like the progression. Yeah, well, yeah. That I actually got better. Yes. Well, <laughs> right now you're going to so watch me devolution. get worse. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but you got to take the most famous title and put it in the front yeah. because those are the, because some people don't want to see three pictures. I know it's hard to believe. But there are they people who don't sit through. Yeah, I mean, who wouldn't? I think that's well. No, when when I did that, um, uh, and it was a brilliant part, uh, brilliant thing on the arrows part when I did that um, double feature with Billy Freakin years ago. Uh, they wanted to. The whole thing was about getting an audience to see Sorcerer and and getting him to kind of recognize its brilliance because mm-hmm. I think he had shied away from that. And they showed it as a double feature with Exorcist, and they showed Exorcist second. So there's an entire audience there that was like, let's get good seats for Exorcist who had not seen Sorcerer, and they lost their freaking minds. Oh, wow. But that's, yeah, normally, of yeah. course, you show the the A picture. But I, I like that kind of school of uh, thinking. I should also um, uh, shout out, since we're stealing their thunder a little bit, um, uh, the Pure Cinema podcast, which is the official podcast of the New Beverly. Um, we've got Cat, you don't, so neener, neener. Um, <laughs> I love those guys. They're great. We probably wouldn't. They, they kind of inspired me to go to Joe and say we should do a podcast but um oh, is there any nice. other and then i just wanted to yeah. say which will give up the fact that we recorded this early um cat lives way you're about an hour from here yeah, well Hollywood. if traffic is good and you have a lead foot it's not 45 minutes 45 minutes yeah. but she called me it's where we're an hour or two away from a massive epic storm hitting los angeles yeah. they're closing schools tomorrow um which i would imagine we're already closed because think- of the strike but Closing and yeah, it's and I, I I didn't even know about this. Cat <sighs> called me up, not to say she was canceling, but to make sure Joe and I, who are what five minutes away from our studio, <laughs> were we're gonna you know be able to be able get to get here. here as she drove in through this stuff and and uh, so I really appreciate you coming and thank uh, you facing yeah. the apocalypse. Well, I'm from Michigan, here. you know, nothing stops us. <laughs> but you've been out <laughs> you here know, for a while, I mean, haven't you? Developed that I'm from Philadelphia, but I have this terrible. You know, but I I grew up as a teenager, you know, in Michigan, uh-huh. so. 
I was driving. I was driving when I was 15. Uh, Michigan's a really progressive state. I didn't appreciate that when I was growing up. But we drank at 18. Man. We could drive around at 15. It was great, you know? So that, That's progressive, dangerous, <laughs> however you want to, you know, use your own terms. Your pot was almost legal. <laughs> pot was you almost legal. You got a little taken <laughs> if you smoked on the street, you know? Um, I but, love being from Michigan. <laughs> and not living there. <laughs> when I first came to California, almost everybody I met was from not from California. Was right. From the East Coast or the Midwest or somewhere else. Uh, and the thing that's, that surprises me is I, I spent a lot of time in Philadelphia where it would get to be sub-zero. I would be walking mm -hmm. to work usually 12 blocks. To, and and when you get there, you, you think that if you, if you just pinged your ear a little bit, it would shatter. <laughs> yep. Because it was so cold. Now, yeah. the temperature gets below... 72 and it's like it's really right. cold for me now i mean california has turned me into such a well no it does it's, it's very quick that's why i'm amazed i mean i grew up in philadelphia as, as you know and i mean we used to play shirts and skins soccer in my high school in three feet of snow i'd be running around just shorts and going eh. well, wear a uniform to school because i went to catholic school but in the in the, in the, icy, socks, in the snow. And a uniform and walked home in your bare legs right i mean we have thaw out with the oven open yeah. My mom would open up the oven so we could thaw out. I just remember that sense of like your feet are just cold for three months. It's just this bone chilling. Yeah. yeah. yeah so why does you... anybody live there? <laughs> they don't have a choice. We used to live in this tiny old tumble down house with great big holes in the roof. House? You were lucky to live in a house. We used to live in one room, all 26 of us, no furniture, half the floor was missing. We're all huddled together in one corner for fear of falling. You were lucky to have a room. We used to have to live in the corridor. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line. But, and, and by, considering our subject, we're going we're gonna to hit on something briefly where I'm, my, my hometown pride is going to take over. We'll get to that in a minute. But um, no one has any idea what I'm talking about. Why don't we, we have a couple minutes left. <laughs> Thank goodness. Do, do you want to talk about movies, Kat? You, well, uh... you know, I'm not the cinephile that you guys are, okay? So I was kind of nervous about coming because I thought no. I'm not even a cinephile. I don't know anything about movies, you know? The thing is, how I many have you probably, directed? How many probably, have you, you know, directed? I think yeah. picked up a few things <laughs> along the way. I might have. But you know, the thing is, uh, I wasn't influenced by other directors. I mean, that sounds really weird. And, uh, you know, I, I just had stories I wanted to tell. Right. So... You know, I, I, I just feel like I'm very different. And so it's kind of scary to go, you know, maybe I'm really a fraud, you know. I don't know. <laughs> well, the, the main thing, I've had people but, say this um, to me before, and they're there, and it's mostly joke, because I, I, you know, I don't know how to talk about movies the, the way some of these folks do. But, you know, you've got this human encyclopedia here yeah, who I know. can pull this stuff out. And it's very intimidating to come in. And people, I think, think they have to be able to discuss movies as a as a cineast as some kind of it's like no we want to hear about you and yeah, how you a, think about this is a cinephile show right. this is yeah. a show about yeah, not. I mean, we'll laugh about it if, if i'm interviewed and i want to sound intelligent yeah. i call joe to exactly. ask him what, what are to five say? things i can say you know what about. i mean so now i i couldn't call him because right. you know i mean i yeah you're you're so, here no i almost right. when you told me what you want to talk about i almost called up a friend of mine who'd 
I was like, give me, give me five things to say because I've seen a, several of these films that I don't know. But anyway, why don't, I'm getting ahead of myself. Do you mm-hmm. want to sort of introduce well, your... You know, I'm, well, your, you know, or, the, the thing that first popped into my head was uh, the drive-in because my first exposure to movies was my parents would take me and my brothers, I have three brothers, to uh, the drive-in on Friday night and they would play, um, you know, some a kid movie like uh, Trouble with Angels or, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, The Ghost in Mr. Chicken. Right. You know, something like that. The Incredible Mr. Lippet. Right. And these movies, like, really meant a lot to me. Sure, yeah. They were, it was incredible, especially, like, The Trouble with Angels and Haley Mills and everything. But I know you don't like to talk about Haley Mills because of the identical <laughs> nature. So she of, listens to the show. Yeah. <laughs> Um, in case, in case you don't listen to the show, uh, in case you're not a completist, in case you're not the a movies completist, yeah, I just had this huge. I, I think she's wonderful, and um, weirdly, Pollyanna is one of my favorite movies. Uh, but yeah, when I was a kid, um, uh, people used to tell me I looked exactly like Haley but Mills. But you do still, about I think, a little bit. I, I work with Haley Mills, and I, I he doesn't really. Look yeah, like no. Mills. Well, she okay. shaved for one. So. Okay. Well, I loved, I loved Haley Mills. Yes, and, absolutely. But the, the thing that I remember is. You know, uh, after the first movie, we were expected to be asleep in the back of the station wagon, mm. and my brothers were, but I was like always there with one eye, like watching, and sure, I saw yeah. Clute. Oh wow! And I was oh. really a oh wow! Kid, yeah, that you know? would. But it stayed with me so strongly, like it really affected me. Do you think? Did you? Did you get what it was about? Yes. Really? Okay. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. But then later I'm making movies about, you know, sort of this type of person. Right, you know, right. With the strippers and yeah. you know, that whole underbelly thing. And where did that come from? I was a middle class kid, you know, right. went to Catholic school. Right. Um, oh, wow. So that... I went to the University of Michigan, you know, I was like. Well, so where were you getting this sense of. Yeah. Of where did of... I get that? That's a, that's that a stuff. dark. Because we were right, you know, I wrote them. Movie, yeah. You're expressing your inner wild child. Yeah, right? Or past life or something. I don't know. But um, so it was just very interesting to sort of think back on that. Um, And there were just funny things. There's so many synchronicities to like what was happening when I was young and movies I was watching like Don Knotts. I was really obsessed with Don Knotts. I ended up, I come to, uh, to California and I think, well, I'll try acting. Let me see if I can just do it. And I got in a pilot with Don Knotts. Oh it's, wow! It, it was um, he played a veterinarian, and I was I had a very tiny little part in this Don Knotts pilot. You know, so many weird things like that happened though. Um, you know, the Brian De Palma thing. It's, it's very funny because it's like I also you know was in Psycho Three, mm-hmm. and at the time I knew that I was going to be directing Strip to Kill, and thing about De Palma being very obsessed with Psycho and Hitchcock and everything and then I you know all this stuff very separately titled the movie after Dress to Kill you know Um, oh Strip to Kill right and then I end up directing Carrie 2 the Rage Carrie 2 yes and I had to get on the phone with Brian De Palma oh wow to to approve me you know yeah so I was like oh weird things that just such synchronicity about it all 
So I don't know how to explain that, but oh, yeah, cat has, a, cat has on, on trailers from Hell. Cat has a particularly entertaining uh, commentary on Scarface. Oh, right. oh yeah, I, I was in Scarface, which she's in. You're in Scarface, that was yeah. and yeah, right. And I'm on the phone with Brian De Palma. I go, he goes, I heard you're in Scarface. <laughs> I go, yeah. He, he goes, I don't remember you. <laughs> So it was like I had to describe who I was. That's fantastic. But, oh my God, that's hilarious. Yeah, that's hilarious. And so this, so basically, you've chosen drive-ins as your. Oh no! Uh, no! 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 <laughs> We're just getting there. We're uh, just getting no. There. So, um, the Z Channel had a big. Oh yeah! Do you want? I mean, there's probably some people. Do you want somebody want to explain the Z Channel? Because that was well, happening the Z what Channel I here. before. It was amazing. The the first. Uh, thing i can remember was hbo which i of course didn't have but when you went to rich people's houses they had hbo and there would be home box office stuff like that home box office. yes <laughs> which probably people don't even remember what that i know I, yeah uh but there was another channel which was a sort of a i wouldn't call it a private channel because anybody could get it if you subscribe but it was called the z channel and it was run i can't remember the guy's name now who's passed away but right. um it they they specialized in in what you would now call the Turner Classic Movies kind of library, plus foreign films, plus uh, anything that was hip, culty, arty, culty, arty pictures, um, and and they had you know occasionally they had people commenting on them and talking about them and introducing them and stuff. And it was it was all the rage in Hollywood. It was a huge Hollywood hit. That was the Z Channel. Yeah, it was when I first moved here. It was um, uh, it was it was on the air or on the cables, I guess. And I was living in Santa Monica my first couple months and the hardest thing, I had this terrible roommate uh, that I couldn't wait to be done with. And, uh, <laughs> the, the, but I ended up having to move to the South Bay when I left. And I was just torn. I was like, do I want to stay with this asshole? Cause he, we couldn't get the Z channel down in the South Bay. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, there's a documentary called Z channel, magnificent obsession uh, directed by Zan Cassavetes, mm -hmm. which is phenomenal. Well worth your time. Really interesting. Um, yeah. But it was, yeah. it was a special thing. Yeah. And I really so. discovered foreign films, right? So, uh, and especially the Italian films. I was just, I became very obsessed by Italian films, you know, whether it was Sergio Leone or right. it was um, Dario Argento, you know, I mean, I was just really, really into it. They, they spoke to me on some level. I just felt like the way that they were shot and, yeah. um, I don't know. It's something so appealing, and I was really obsessed by it. Then, of course, Lena Wartmuller, who—that's what we were going to discuss oh, yes. today, yes, yes. because I—I I, I feel sort of a kinship now that I know more about her. You know, because I don't think that she was really uh, so affected by um, other movies or other directors. She's kind of—I feel like she just wanted to tell stories, and so um, that really interested me because. Um, you know, swept away, of course. Uh, I don't know. There's just such a sensibility about it that I connect with. Sure. Um, well, I remember when that came out, you know, I was, I was a kid. There was something about it. It was this kind of, uh, my dad took me to a lot of inappropriate films. He never took me to that. And it sort of built up in my head that it must be this, you know, incredibly dirty movie. That was all I knew. I couldn't go at the time. My, my neighbor went, it, who used to be my babysitter. Uh -huh. So she went and she said, I saw this film that's just incredible. It was like, can you sneak me in? What, you know, I, right. but I didn't see it then because I wasn't allowed to. So I didn't see it till later. Yeah, no, that and, was my, and I remember being at first disappointed because it's, it's not that quote unquote dirty. Yeah. It's insanely political in its own yes. way. And, uh, 
but it's uh, so deeply funny. confrontational and very funny. Yeah. 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 So that's what really uh, I loved about it was how funny it was and um, juxtaposed with all this craziness. And it, it, what also kind of threw me, though, about Italian films that I never saw this, you know, in real life was how the men and women smack each other around constantly. <laughs> and uh, that, but, you know, I took it as just, it was artistic license right. or something. I don't know if Italians really did that, but. Um, it's so the Mr. Ralph, Dante? The, the, Ralph Cam, the Ralph Cramden approach to to marriage. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, th things that things that are now considered, you know, a bit unacceptable. Well, Ralph only threatened to punch her every episode. But he didn't he, he actually. threaten to send her to the moon. To the moon. Yeah, I to know. the moon. <laughs> I know. Right. But, but they're actually. Italians are very physical. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, um, and I know this, it would be controversial. It would never get made now, you know. So no, in, in fact, we could do an entire show on fascinating movies from the past that could never be made today. Yes. Yeah. Well, Poison Ivy would be one of them. Yeah. yeah. It would not be made now. Um, but what I think what's fascinating is you actually could remake it, but you would have to switch roles, you know, oh, which would totally work. Well, they did, you know. I mean, <laughs> I looked it up the other day. I think it made... Uh, $75,000. I mean, they did remake it. and But with reversed roles? No, 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 swept she, away. You're right. With, with she, um, no, I, okay. as, as you're saying, yeah, yeah. But I, as one of the people who contributed to that $75,000. Now, why didn't that work? Um, I mean, I, because uh, Guy Ritchie's really Yeah, no, he's, he, yeah, I actually, I really like his work and his style and his sensibility. It's just not that. It's, I, I, I wish it was clearer in my mind, although I'm glad it, it's not. <laughs> right. It it was just uh, just a failure on every level, and mm -hmm. you get the sense that um, I don't know. I'm not the biggest Madonna fan in the world, and I, I kept wondering if does she even get this movie? What? Because <laughs> she seems to be the character almost seems tailor made for her, almost like she right. modeled her entire persona on the character from the original film, which is not a particularly good thing to have done. But uh. Um, uh, yeah, I just I just remember kind of sitting there. Uh, my friend Dan Waters, who's been on the show, um, just with our jaws on the floor and kind of realizing that we were we were checking something off our list that most people on this planet were never going to check off their list. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it just kind of misses the boat, so to speak, in every way. Um, yeah. But the yeah, the, the original, but but the original. I mean, what Wirt Miller did with it was, I, I just feel like she had such a strong point of view about it. You mm -hmm. know? Like I, I always have to have a really strong point of view going in to make a movie. Like I have to have a really good reason why I'm making the movie that's going to see me all the way through all the battles to the bitter end. You know yeah. what I mean? Otherwise I'm not going to fight all the battles that I'm going to need to. And so I felt like, and I haven't heard if anybody else felt like this before, but um, any of the critics, I mean, uh, that it's really about love is about survival. Mm. You know? Interesting. Yeah, I think, I mean, people got so caught up in the, the politics and the class the struggle politics, of it all. But, right. And, the, yeah. and the, to me, the politics is just, well, I mean, it, it was what it was, and, yeah. you know, in the North and the South and how, how strong that is. But, it, but it's pretty obvious, you know? It was just a passion right. that... They both had, yeah. and they're both so opposite, and of course, opposites attract like crazy. So the more opposite, the more is the attraction, right? But I really feel that there is some truth. I think there's more than some truth in that love is about survival. 
we pick partners who help us survive. Right. I believe this to my core that even now, no matter how successful we are, we're still picking a partner that is helping us survive. Well, and that won't and, kill us too. I mean, I'm, it, I'm not joking. I think it's, it's you want to, because uh, there will be hard times. Yeah. But there will be times when you want to kill each other and making sure you've got someone who isn't going to kill you is, is a nice thing. Yeah. And so it is help kind of life survive. and death. Yeah, very it? much so. Sure. It I is. mean, I'm sure that was, I mean, she's just so good. She's not going to write a, a parable that, doesn't ring true mm -hmm. on a human level as well. Mm -hmm. So that I think, um, yeah, but I, I don't remember much about that. I think people really were just focused on the, uh, the, let me say the politics and the class struggle and the, right. But it was sexy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which didn't hurt. Did yeah. not hurt. Did not hurt. It was, well, because of the, the survival aspect of it and the opposite, you know, the opposite natures they had yeah. and him taming this wild woman, which, would not go over well today, but she was crazy. I yeah. mean, you this crazy <laughs> ass woman. I was just like, but that's the interesting thing about her. Wormuller, she's, I mean, she's very much a feminist, obviously. Mm -hmm. And she's also, I mean, it, it's, I remember at the time being told she was a communist. I was looking her up before the thing and she more identified as a socialist, but mm -hmm. you know, all very political and, the notion of uh, uh, someone who identified as a feminist filmmaker making a movie that goes where that movie goes, um, it, it, they'd have a hard time even explaining it, but it's, it's, it's true to the film and it's true to her politics. It's just not this kind of dopey over mm -hmm. look strong woman must yeah, be well, on top thing. Which, well, it's also interesting though, that the man is really the more devoted mm -hmm. in the end. You know, he is much more affected. And it, what I find so interesting about it is it's not just, this is probably what has been missed out on a lot of things because um, people, I feel like they just go for the sexuality of it. Mm -hmm. And she's not going for the sexuality of it. Right. She's going for love, right? which is so incredible. It's like, it's not enough for him to have her be his sex slave. He wants her to be in love with him. Right. In love with her heart, right. which I find is so amazing. And this runs through her other films, too, like uh, Seven Beauties. I yep. feel like it runs through that, too. But I don't want to get into that because I find it so fascinating that, okay, then she is in love with him. And they're still fighting about politics, which is very funny. It's like an, yeah. old, like an old married couple that keeps fighting about the same stuff. So there's all this smacking around and sex and this you know, incredible sex, and they're still fighting about politics. It's hilarious. But then, you know, uh, not to give anything away, but I'm totally going to oh, give it away. Um, you know, they come back. To, run out on they that come movie. back to the real world. Yep. And she's the one. Even though she does feel that she's really in love with him, she's the one who draws the line and is going to come back to reality and he's the one left with the heart that's broken and mushy and he risks his marriage and his children he puts it all out in the line and says this is real i want you and she flies away in a helicopter with her husband right you know so it's a, it's just amazing ah uh, women <laughs> yeah right but well, the but, rich too i mean it's very I, much about you know okay so I feel difference. this is very accurate, though. <laughs> I, I do. 
well, men and women or yes, rich and I feel work, I, with, no with with men and women like um this is probably really gonna well i don't know i'm just gonna say it because i really believe this to be true i think men love harder than women do mm. and it, it takes a guy longer because he knows what's uh what what he's doing you know he knows what he's risking he knows what he you know because guys want to be the provider right I mean, this is still true even now. Now, there's much more equality, and thank God, you know, because I think it makes um, partnerships much stronger and everything, you know. So thank God for that. But uh, we're kind of wired in caveman, cavewoman way, and guys still do want to be the provider. So it's, I think it's a little more difficult for guys to commit. But mm. once they do, they are really freaking committed. So the woman after that can do almost anything, and they're still trying to make this relationship work and that kind of thing. So, And I think she knows that on right. some level, this guy is just a mess that this woman, they, 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 this was love. He's ready to give up everything he ever believed in and everything for her. And she just walks away, you know. And she's heartbroken too, but in a whole different, right? On a but whole she doesn't. Level. She doesn't fall for him quickly, though. No, no, it takes because that's the the right. flip side of that coin is the um, women sort of get there quicker. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah you, you must this, know. You know the lesbian joke, right? The, what's that? Um, I just, I probably my don't. my sister and my best friend are lesbians. Please, this is okay. No, it's what is what is a, what do lesbians bring to the second date? Uh, a moving truck. <laughs> it's it's. <laughs> You know, and because right. uh, okay. <laughs> they're they don't have those hangups. It's like, mm -hmm. oh yeah, you're great. I'm in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And, yeah. Well, I think that's true, but in this case, because of the you know life and death struggle there. Yeah. Uh, but there's also because it's very much about class too, and there's yes. that resistance on her part because he's yes. this. I mean, he works below decks even, right? Is right. it? It's been a while, right. but uh, but who could resist? Uh, you know, Giannini. Giancarlo. Giannini. Giancarlo. With those uh, big oh. eyes. How do you pronounce Giancarlo? Giancarlo. 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 See, I, we do have an Italian in the room, yeah. so. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a wonderful I'm a big film. fan of Giancarlo. Yes, yes. And Always. Marcello. Marcello and Giancarlo. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Joe, you've, you've been, so were you? Marcello, uh, I'm so bored. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> were you a fan of Swept Away? Were you? Uh, I like Swept Away. I like, seven, <laughs> I, like I might like Seven Beauties more. Um but uh, we're more uh, is uh, her star shone brightly for too short a time. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, it's uh, interesting. What was the um? Uh, it just suddenly dawned me. I was gonna. Uh, oh God, Joe will know. What would uh, they remade one of her earlier? Was it um, the Richard Pryor film? Was a oh, remake right, right. of. Uh, oh, Seduction yeah. of Mimi. Uh, Seduction of Mimi got remade. Is not. Mm -hmm. Was it Which Way Is Up? Was that the yeah. one? Um, yeah. Which was such a bizarre thing. I think that may have been the first time I became aware of her vaguely. Um, wow. But uh, um, no, because the, it was the notion it was a remake of this Italian mm. film, and nothing about that movie seems Italian. The prior film. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, but but yeah, she, I but she had a, seen that. She had kind of a, I mean, mm -hmm. a, a meteoric rise, and mm -hmm. and then kind of sort of. Seemed to vanish almost after a couple of really big films. Seven Beauties was, I think, next, right? Well, uh, well, you know, she came to the United States um, to do movies from Warner Brothers. Oh, I did it. Always um, the kiss of death. Yeah. Right? yeah. A European over. director. But I had read not too long ago, I mean, it was before I went to do Nancy Drew, um, 
that she, it was an article in the trades, I don't remember which trade paper it was, but it said um, that she had come to the U.S. to make movies, but she had decided that she couldn't make movies here because there were too many uh, restrictions and laws and stuff, and she couldn't have freedom to make the kind of movies that she wanted to sure, make. Sure, yeah. And she was disappointed in the movie that she made for Warner Brothers. Mm. Oh, and what it was... was... It was really... It kept coming to mind, though, while I was shooting Nancy Drew, because being a studio movie, there's so many rules and regulations, and I, I felt really... Um, Constricted? Inter- yeah, mm. I, I really did. I, I felt uh, very much hindered by it. Um, and well, I'm, they're all like that. I mean, it's not just Warner yeah. Brothers. They, oh, I, of course. Yeah. yeah. The, 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 le- even, the level of bureaucracy is improved, uh, has, has deteriorated to a point where it's just hard to work for studios. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. hard to have. It, it's 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 not hard to work for them because you know they pay you money and you go to work every day. Uh-huh. But uh, to get your personality into the movie, right? That's sort of frowned upon. Yeah. Well, what they was, let me do a lot. Then I have to say. They really did. I uh, They gave me a lot of freedom. And then I would kind of break the rules because, you know, it's like you can't be on the process trailer with the actors. It's like, I don't know. I shouldn't say that. Probably get arrested now. <laughs> <laughs> she got on the trailer with uh, the actors. Wait, is this it? Is it up to date? Is that her American film with uh, no, it Rucker was, Hauer and Pedro O'Toole? Uh, no, something about the night. Um, oh. The Fall of the Night, or I don't know, I'm making up that title. Uh, oh, I was just looking here. We can, A Nightful of Rain? Yes. That's oh, it. really? I think well, I that's it, that right? Yeah. Okay. So you have an Italian poster here. Um, I have yeah, Candace Bergen, Giancarlo. I've Giancarlo, d- always. Completely oblivious to this film's existence. Mm-hmm. Well, there are there are a number of pictures by well-known directors that are just off the radar completely. Yeah, uh, yeah. That, you know, there people are known for certain pictures that were popular. Uh, then they go through another phase in their career where they do things that don't work or don't get much distribution. And then because of the sheer volume of stuff that's out there, right. uh, you have to know that you're looking for their work in order to yeah. happen upon these things because they don't just appear. Yeah. There's a lot of politics involved, too. I yes. mean, because I did Poison Ivy. It was a really successful movie. It was critically acclaimed, right? I mean, it opened at MoMA and... I got a MoMA retrospective after that, British Film Institute and everything, and everybody in town wanted to meet me. I met everybody in this town, yeah. and then I didn't work for six years. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, my agent told me I should cut my hair short, and uh, then I was told that um, men don't like to be directed by women and that that was the problem. There was all kinds of stuff like that. So, so much stuff is political. And then the movie I did get was because of Jeff Kleeman. You know Jeff Kleeman, right? I love Jeff Kleeman. He's the best. Um, and it was, you know, um, taking over a movie that they were actually going to um, fire everybody and just put on the shelf. He mm. said, look, it's you. Come in and fix it. Or it's done. Because I said, I can't, I can't take over for somebody else. That's just not okay. He goes, well, okay, but this is what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. It wasn't his choice. But um, so that's, I mean, so I went from like the toast of the town to right. fix this movie. <laughs> well, that that is still, I mean, I was, I was, and if, you know, nobody, anybody knows, and they're not, they're sort of half in the film business, but it was, it was a bunch of people a couple of weeks ago. 
guy who directs um, political commercials started expounding on how, well, the reason there aren't more women directors <laughs> is there aren't any good ones. But what is it? As though somehow. <laughs> well, I mean, it's you just. Know what I mean? <laughs> that is still I a did belief cut my that hair, people persist in. How did that work? I, how did that work? It didn't work at all. <laughs> It didn't work. It got really fluffy, it and it was cut? like, and people go, "Wow, that looks sexy." I go, "Great, wow, fantastic!" You get your acting jobs back. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, I, I, it's it's insane that people still cling to those insane ideas that it's something. So yeah, to. yeah. So what was really yeah. difficult? I mean, after even doing a movie that was considered to be very successful and sort of um, much more successful than the studio ever thought it would be, right. anything like that. That it took so long, and then, and then after you know, um, <laughs> doing the movie with Jeff, uh, I got two TV movies, and that was that, you know. And I thought, okay, well, that's okay. Are we are we I allowed to ask? Were this. you credited? Do we get to ask what the the one you saved was, or should that? It be? was the Rage Carry too. Oh, that. Yeah. Was, oh, okay. All right. Yeah. All right. It's yeah. a fun film. They even gave me a film by credit with it and everything. But you, but but even even so, you're, even though you were coming in and mopping up, you still had to pass muster with Brian De Palma. Yeah. yeah. Well, I no, I we really didn't mop up. We we threw everything away. Oh, started over. And I started over. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Cause it was like they wanted me to mop it up, and I go, "You're firing somebody for this." Footage? How you want me to match it? <laughs> so that was the best argument I could have. I don't know sure. how, where that came from, but it was like, "Great, thank you." Uh, and then we started over. We started over. It was really, I, I like it though. I like the yeah, It's a fun film. Yeah. With the yeah, same cast or did you recast? With the same cast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they hated me at first. It was like really rough. Yeah, that was tough. Because they're teenagers. Well, they're, yeah, they're loyal. And this, to... their director. Right. And he had trusted them and he chose them and everything. And it was like, oh God. I'm like the evil studio person right, coming in. If right. you can imagine that, right? It's really hard to it's really hard to take over. So I, yeah. I was I was asked when when, when Marty Brest was uh, going to be fired off of War Games. Uh, they called me and asked me if I uh, and I read it and uh, and I thought it was good. Although the version I read, the thing I liked most was there was a chase through a science fiction convention, which I thought oh. was really cool. And I oh, I'd like to do that. Um, <laughs> I and I have another that, part yes. for Robbie the robot, uh, but uh, I I I I said, does he know that he's that you're calling people? That it is. Oh no, I said I can't do it. Sorry, I can't do it. Um, I just seemed wrong to me to do that yeah. behind somebody's back and have them go to work every day thinking that they've still got this job and they're doing stuff and then maybe. They put you on the set to observe, so you see what you know. It's like no, it's horrible. It's not. Yeah, it's I, didn't, not I wouldn't do that. I said I'm not going to the set. To, you yeah, know what I mean. No, I you go into if you want. If you want me to redo this for you guys, you really have to kind of take care of that. Mm -hmm. So they did. Yeah. So, yeah. What a town. Ah. What? A, yeah. Where? Where? You know, um, my DP Don Morgan for that movie. I loved Don Morgan. What a brilliant guy. He's just fantastic. He he said to me, uh, "You know who your friends are because they stab you in the chest." <laughs> yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, yes. I mean, that was the least I could do. <laughs> That's a great line. Um, uh, do you want to talk a little about Seven Beauties, or is that? Uh, yeah, no, but okay. Seven Beauties. See, this is what's so interesting to me is because, you know, as I said, it's love is about survival. That in that case, it really is it's about survival. Yeah, it's totally about survival. And again, is Giancarlo. 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 
uh, who's so fantastic in it. And again, he's not satisfied because that could have been a barter for sex with this horrible monster of a woman. And but no, he she must love him. Yes. <laughs> So, you want to give, I feel it's, it's weird because that's the one, and I, I guess we'll segue into this and get back to that. I was going to say, do you want to give a brief sort of description of the film? Because I feel like as time has gone by, swept away is the film everyone remembers. Mm -hmm. Seven Beauties, not so much. And yet Seven Beauties, she was the first woman ever nominated for an Academy Award for Isn't Best Directing. incredible? Um, yes. That's what the hometown thing I was going to get into because I, I was looking this up today and I thought, oh, everybody in the world except me thinks this is a crime. Um, she was nominated. The other nominees were... Uh, some guy named Bergman for Face to Face, uh, Sidney Lumet for Network, Alan Pacula for All the President's Men, and the winner, and I think a lot of people point to this, and Joe's shaking his head, but God damn it, I'm from Philadelphia, John Avelson for Rocky, and and what's the one we're still talking about? All the well Network, too, I guess. But, oh, I don't and all the President's Men. We, we aren't men. doing a Rocky show. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that is true. That is true. But Rocky we, was we a will. great movie. Rocky's I mean, what are you going to do? I have never, uh, I ran out of the theater and ran laps not as around good as Network. Square. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, but anyway, but. Um, but apples and oranges. That's true. Yes. It's apples and oranges. But and you want to give like a brief sort of like 30 second sketch but, of Seven Beauties? Yeah, what Seven it's, Beauties is so complicated though. Because it bounces I mean, it's back like and forth. It's like two movies in, yeah. in one, you know, because uh, there's the movie At Home with the Sisters and Napoli. Yeah. How they pronounce Napoli? You say it's Naples to us, but um, uh, and you know all the complexity and um, drama with the sisters and the sister who's a stripper and the boyfriend who he kills and and all this stuff. And then there's the totally separate movie in the concentration camp, right? That he keeps um, flashing, where, yeah, back where from. he ends up. Yes, and of course for me, I, it's like the concentration camp is so. Powerful. Yeah, like that's where the movie really comes together for me. That he he tries to, and he's kind of a fancy man, you know, because he's he's worried. This is what was also curious to me. I mean, he's worried about his looks. I know, they make a big deal about how camp. ugly he is. Right. I've always been ugly, but I know how to talk to women. And you're looking at Giancarlo, and you're yeah, like, I mean, this great <laughs> looking guy. Yeah. So it's yeah. that was kind of weird. But he's worried about his butt falling. Yes. Now this is women <laughs> are worried about their butts falling. I, and I don't think they are men. when they're in state, when they're in concentration camps. I don't think they worry in about the that so much. Concentration camp, but, but he's yeah, concerned about his looks. About it. Yeah. But um, but he never. Um, he never forgets the fancy man that he was. Right. And um, he's going to seduce this monster of a woman, Nazi lieutenant or something. Was what it Shirley Stoller? From uh, Honeymoon Killers. Yeah, Shirley yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Oh, she's so good in the yeah. part. She's terrifying. She is so oh, terrifying. Yeah. But grim. Yeah, she is, she is just so convincing. Yep. Um. Terrifying, absolutely terrifying. So, um, but it's fascinating again that that he it's love that he 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 has to make her love him. Just... That's a trend here. Yeah, but it doesn't really <laughs> work is. out. No, it, it doesn't. It really never work does, out. but in this one, it really doesn't. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's fascinating too that Wart Muller's um, you know lead character is a man. Yeah, because it 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 sort of goes against the notion. Again, that thing we're in now where where it's like, okay, yeah, we're going to let women direct movies finally, you know, as a thing. But you have to direct women that are over, or, or direct movies that are overtly about women. 
And it seems like that's certainly interesting, but it's also limiting because we've been, yeah. we've been letting and, men direct movies about women for a oh, century. Yeah. You know? yeah. And obviously it works well to have Catherine Bigelow direct uh, Locker, so. you know, yeah. that worked out well. Yes. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's, it's just kind of fascinating. Then also about uh, Lena, they, uh, some big woman's organization was going to give her a... Uh, an honor, a you know, statuette, whatever they got to give her, right? It's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And um, they asked her, and I don't know exactly what she said. Uh, they asked her what was, you know, what was her point of view about all movies. And she says, men's struggles to whatever, something. And they decided not to give her the award. Oh, wow. <laughs> so that's so bizarre, though. I mean, Maybe she should There's have said mankind. Or mankind, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but she la- she told the story in a documentary, and I can't remember exactly what it was, and she was laughing about it. Right. You know, but there's something really wrong with that. Yeah. But so it's I funny, guess they that... were saying she should only be directing movies about women, or right. writing about women. Yeah, because that but, film is very. I mean, there's a lot of women in it, mm-hmm. and, and some wonderful mm-hmm. portrayals. But but yeah, it's very much a story of a man and his. Yeah. But how he relates to women. I mean, yeah. which is certainly something that, that a woman would have different and insight into than. than a, there's an obvious shit I'm saying. Right. But, but, but you're a writer, Josh. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, when you write, you don't write men and women. I mean, don't you write from parts of ourselves that you know this is sort of the male part of myself that I'm exploring, or the female part of yourself that you're exploring, and. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's, it's not so black and white, is it? No, no, it's not. There are times when you're sort of being conscious of, uh, um, total tangent. My friend John Brancato and I sold a script last year, um, which is about essentially uh, we we realized there are all these women coming home from combat, um, and they were getting. There had been a few very nice, small, dramatic features about their kind of reentry issues and. Me being the galoot I am, I went, yeah, but where's their Rambo? So we decided to write their Rambo, and we wanted to make it very, we wanted to make it very much about a woman, not just changing Mm -hmm. she to he, but we also didn't want to do all the stuff, you know, they haven't murdered her children, and she's not avenging a rape. We didn't want to do anything to her that you wouldn't do to Sylvester Stallone or Clint Eastwood. But there were still aspects of it where we were very consciously thinking, um, you know, we get to a scene, and there's just almost a shift where you're like, your natural disposition is to write the scene this way. And then you go, yeah, but I don't think a woman would do that. And then you sort of tap into whatever you're mm-hmm. understanding, whether or not it's your inner feminine or just the fact that, you know, we know one or two women, um, <laughs> you know, and, and you adjust accordingly. But um, yeah, I mean, and, but the notion that somehow, you know, we couldn't do that or shouldn't do that or what have you is kind of bizarre to me. And, and the notion that, um you know, to get back to it, it's like one of the things I really, I, I'd only seen, I don't think I'd ever seen Seven Beauties all the way through. And when you told me you were oh, doing really? it, I, I watched it last night with, with uh, my wife, Nancy. And um, that was the first thing that struck me. And I thought, how, how nice, like, this is the world we want to get to where, you know, it's very much a film by a female director, but she's not constrained by what she can write and, you right. know, talk about. It's, it's, she wants to deal with this issue and, she goes ahead and she mm-hmm. does it. There's nobody going, but but there needs mm-hmm. to be a, a, a female lead. Yeah. Which well, is... and to her passion is just so intense. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah and she doesn't have a, you know a lot of people giving her script notes. I don't right. Think. 
<laughs> but in the women she cast are interesting. That's the one thing I kept thinking, like, would a man have, because they're not quite Fellini-esque. Some of them are really interesting and unusual looking. They're not, mm-hmm. you know, it's not some lascivious man casting them, but it's also not somebody casting them for that kind of almost cartoony sort of Fellini kind mm-hmm. of thing. I felt like some of the women, yeah, these not are not women that, that a man would have cast in some oh, of these parts, especially the sisters. Well, and yeah, all the of them. Yeah, the sisters and the, for sure. Right? Yeah, they're fantastic. They're yeah. fantastic. Yeah. And the sister, like the sister that's the stripper looks older yes. than his mother. Yes. You know, <laughs> it's so funny. It's. But she's got this sure wonderful is. presence too when she's up on stage. And oh yeah, that, I thought she was great. Yeah. yeah, yeah she yeah. was entertaining. Yep. But you know, you mentioned Fellini and... You know, she was his first AD on Eight and a Half. Did you know that? Mm. Joe knew that. Joe knows everything. I had Lena Wertmuller was. I happened to know that. Yeah. You what? That's how she started. He always yeah. rejects the notion that he knows everything. But, but I, I don't think she. I don't think she. <laughs> I did not. Know uh, that. Was, all, I don't think she was that influenced by him. No. Uh, you know, but I think that because of the kind of movies he made and the way mm-hmm. he made them. I think it was uh, obviously a very great learning experience oh, to absolutely. be there to see those things happen. But I, I don't see a lot of Fellini no. influence uh-uh. in her, her Yeah, stuff. me either. I wonder how common was that at that time for a woman to be uh, an AD in an Italian film? Was that? I think probably more common than you think. I mean, really? but, but not, not many, not that many, even even in, uh, on this side of the pond, not that mm-hmm. many ADs want to go on. Mm-hmm. To become directors and Robert, right, right, Robert right. Aldrich and some of the other, some other people who were ads became directors, but uh, it's not really that common. Yeah, but I don't. But I mean, for, think for, she was trained for it, you know, because she says she wasn't a good first ad. Mm. So, just everybody liked her. <laughs> I wonder if she had that sense of style back then. Was it flourishing? So. Those amazing glasses. There's a funny story about those glasses, though. The white glasses all the time. Uh-huh. Because she went to some place and she wanted white glasses made. They said, we'll make them for you, but we only make, you have to order 5,000. 5,000? <laughs> so she ordered 5,000. That's what she said. Must be right after yeah. her ship came in. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. You have just committed to a look, man. That's yes. commitment. That's like getting a tattoo, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're I, always, I wonder what's what's the time frame because I always every time Andrea Martin showed up as Edith Prickley, I always felt there was uh, she got some of her look from Lena Wertmuller was there. Is that plausible? Well, that's interesting. Yeah, it, it could be us. sure. Could be, but um, but yeah, Seven Beauties is fascinating and and grim and dark and funny and weird and. It's, the kind of pictures they just don't make anymore. Yeah, yeah that's that, sure. that's the one you couldn't make. I mean, mm-hmm. you say they did take a whack, it swept away. Yeah, and but, it's so different than anything else that was happening at the time, I feel like, you know. Yeah. Because I feel like at that time, you tell me if I'm right, Joe, um, the movies that we were making here that the guys were making, male directors, were um, very realistic and gritty and moving camera and, you know, that 70s kind of documentary feel. And here she is doing these movies that are just so um, visually appetizing and just with the colors and the way that she moved the actors and choreographed the camera with the actors. That's a kind of theatricality that just wasn't in our kind of pictures. That's that's pretty European too. And and she Mm -hmm. probably did get a little of that from Fellini because some of Fellini's movies are like long dream sequences. Right. Right. But but there was a naturalness to it. Yeah. Um, it wasn't stagey like so okay. So the movies like with Haley Mills, you know, they were very staged. Very staged, yes. 
And yeah. her movies aren't like that. Right. It, it does have a theatrical feel to it, but there's just something so flowing and easy about the way it's cinematic done. is a word. That yeah, cinematic. Well, we talked about this a little bit before. I was, I was a little disappointed. Finally, I, the look of the film was so lush. I looked up. Do you know the DP on Seven Beauties? Not offhand. Joe. Not, oh, okay. It's, it's. Uh, I'm gonna get this wrong. Tanino Delicoli. Oh, Delicoli. Who? Um, I was kind of disappointed because it struck me as not. I mean, he's worked with Polanski and a bunch of, but this struck me as sort of a, a, a not imaginative choice. Roberto Benigni had him shoot Life Is Beautiful. Um, which is set in very much the same place as as uh, Seven Beauties. I thought that's not fun. You don't you don't get a guy who's already shot that location to, <laughs> you know. Well, he was trying to differentiate himself from the day the clown cried. You know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yes. Which of course we've all seen. Is, um, uh, I missed that one. No, nobody's seen it. <laughs> yes. No. Well, Harry Shearer apparently. Harry Shearer. Harry Shearer has seen it. Um, but uh, anyway, yes. Sorry. Back to yeah. Lena. Yes, back to Lena. Oh, the other thing about Swept Away, you know, uh, because it is so political, it's kind of like she did it so brilliantly with power corrupts, kind of the power corrupts thing. Yeah. You know, because um, Mary Angela, is that how we, we say her name? Mary Angela? Joe. Uh, uh, Mar uh, yes, Mary Angela. Yeah. Okay. Um, so she has all the power in the beginning and she's very corrupt and you right. know, she's a bitch and she lords it over everybody and then the the shift happens and then he yeah. gets the hatchet. Yes. You know, he's holding yes. the hatchet at that point and he becomes really corrupt. So yeah. that's such a, you know, I love how she did that. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. And it, it's, um, it was very brilliant. Uh, I think and it, it goes to sort of why she's, she's so great. Cause it's, it's, you yeah. know, not, not a complicated point to make, but for someone who is as, as much of a leftist as she is to mm -hmm. make a film that, that embraces the fact that, you know, uh, we all become the monster. <laughs> is, yes, is yeah. kind of nice. Yeah, and uh, you know, I mean, being being too that she's a writer director. You know, it's just there's so few writer directors that have really even as much success as she did. You know. Yeah. Can we look forward to little nods to her and Nancy Drew? That would be wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> Now you keep your eyes peeled. For that, I, okay? I will do that. Yes. All right. Yes. Um, that's great. Yeah, if you guys are done with me, that's fine. Oh no! If you we're, we're, <laughs> we're never we, done, we with can go all day. <laughs> no, I'm so worried about um, you being know, able to fill the time. It's like going to your shrink. It's like, oh my god, what am I going to say? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's true. It is, isn't yeah. it? Isn't it? Yes. We're 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 uh, yeah, sort of backdoor psychoanalyzing you. Yes. Yeah. Um, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, if anybody wants to come to class, they can find me at catshay.com. Fantastic. And we'd have to hire ourselves out to Aguadulce. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I, no, I do it in studios. Oh, you do it here. Uh, and it's Aguadulce. Oh. I, we were discussing this as you <laughs> came in. Apparently, it's not uh, the Italian. You're not saying like Dolce Vita? You're saying, <laughs> you're you're saying Vita? the Italian way. <laughs> everybody does that. Everybody from L.A. Yeah. Pronounces it the Italian way. It's the only way. Well, because well, they pronounce it the way they've heard it. It's we also theme. dolce de leche ice cream. You know, that's yeah. the that's the thing. And uh, and you will be at the New Beverly, quote unquote, tonight uh, with the triple feature of uh, yeah, some, how about of your, that? some of your fine work. Your uh, folks can listen to this. Come up, grill you about your movies. <laughs> and what uh, is the actual date of this? 
Uh, the 29th of January, is that correct? Yes, Tuesday so. the 29th. Hopefully the rain will have stopped by then. Hopefully yeah. the rain will have stopped, yeah. Um, uh, I was hoping to get away with uh, conning people into thinking we'd recorded this on the day of, but since we usually drop the night before, that would... <laughs> yeah, Tuesday, uh, January 29th at the New Beverly starting at, I'm guessing, 7, probably 7. Go, go to newbeverly.com. Yeah, it's yes. either 7 or 7.30. Yes. Go sure. look at that wonderful schedule. Um, go see those movies. We'll all go see Nancy Drew when it comes out. Um, yeah, good. Yes, but uh, thank you for stopping by. This thank you. Great. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Joe. Always good to see you. And yes. Josh. Have fun driving back. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Our show was recorded in Hollywood, California at Crossroads of the World. We're the official podcast of TrailersFromHell.com, the best damn movie website there is. Our engineer is the composer Don Barrett, who also transmogrified, produced, and created our theme song. This is Josh Olson for the Movies That Made Me. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.